This is good morning, Subis Dav Pei Dalid. Apologies to the leanness of today's shear. We were catching up post Yantif and Mirza Shem going forward. We're going to try our best to once again have this shear up before Yantif so as to avoid this issue. But we pick it up on the first white line of the bottom of Pei Gimel Amid Beis, which we quote the Mishnah that says, Shimon Gamliel, Aimer. Says Shimon Gamliel, quoting the Din. That even if <clears throat> the husband made a tonight that may during while you are alive and achar and after your death and she dies before he inherits her, then it's the same din. Why? Because he's making a stipulation. He's making a tonight that is not like that which the terror requires. And any tonight amasna. If you make it tonight against that which the Torah says, the tonight is bottle. So says the Gemara Amarav Halacha Kirashbag. So we begin today with the statement of Rav that this is the Psak Halacha. The Psak Halacha is like Rishim and Gamliel that if one tries to make it tonight, can I get a Machikazabat Torah? Call Amasta Machikazabat Torah. Tonight, bottle. And seemingly, Rav is teaching us that is how we paskin, that you're not able to stipulate against that which the Torah says. But comments the Gemara, Rav is paskin like Roshim Gamil. Rav is paskining that what? Tonight, bottle. That if someone tries to make it tonight against the Torah, it does not work. But says the Gemara, but Rav does not paskin like Rav Shimon Gamliel for Rav Shimon Gamliel's reasoning. He's paskin like Rav Shimon Gamliel, but not for his reasoning. Now that might have sounded a bit elementary, but it's very important as the Gemara now is going to delve into what exactly was the psak of Rav and what was the reasoning. Asks the Gemara four lines to the bottom of the Gemara base, Maya What exactly do you mean? If you're going like Rishim Gamliel, who said in the Mishnah that you made a Tanai against that which the Torah said, and what were the ramifications of such a Tanai that even if she dies, you should not inherit her because you try to give it away? But since the Tanai is no good, it may see Yerushanah. Therefore, if she dies, you will yes inherit her. But he does not hold of the reasoning of Rishim Gamliel. Why does he not hold of the reasoning? Because Rashbag is teaching us, like we just said ten times, if you make a stipulation against that which the Torah says, it does not work. So Rav is arguing on that reasoning. And Rav holds generally, you make a Tanai against that which the Torah says, the Tanai does work. But in this case, because of our Yerusha Rav all that the Yerusha of a husband is a dinder That even though on a Daraisa level, Rav disagrees with your Shimon Gamliel, and Rav old, you're able to make a Tanai against that which the Torah says. And if you make a Tanai against that which the Torah says, the Tanai stands. But in this case, since the din of a husband inheriting, it's a din de Rabbanon, and therefore, specifically in this case, the tonight does not work, and that would be the reason of Imesha Yerushana. Asks the Gemara, 
As we turn over to Beidalun Amun Aleph, is that really accurate? That what you just said? Does Rav really hold the Kolamas The Tanai is Kayom. When is a Dindar Someone says to their friend, I'm making a condition. I'm making a stipulation that there is no Aina. What is Aina? Aina is literally fraught. Aina is when you are selling something at a higher than allowed value. As Rashi says, someone sells an item to his friend. And there are lachais. You're not allowed to rip someone off by more than a six, a shtos. So the question is, someone wants to sell his friend, his, uh, I don't know, let's say his um, computer, his $500 computer. He wants to sell it to him for $10,000. A lot more than the allowed markup on an item. So he says to his friend, I'm selling you this item on condition that you can never say that I overcharge you. Rav, oh my Rav says, Rav says such a condition does not work. Why does it not work? Because you're being masked. Says in the Torah, says Hashem, you can't overcharge someone and you're thinking you could overcharge someone. So says Rav, it doesn't work. Shmuel disagrees. I love, I know. Shmuel disagrees. And Shmuel says that Tanai is Kayom. You can make such a Tanai. But what do we see? We see that according to Rav, even on a Dindar Raisa, Rav says that Tanai is bottle. So it can't be that that is which Rav said that he is that he disagrees with Shmuel's reasoning of to call a Mazda Mashikazabatayra Tanai bottle because he clearly agrees on Dindar Raisa. So rather, says the Gemara, new attempt, four lines down, Rav agrees with Reshbag, Rav agrees that if someone makes a Tanai against that which the Torah says, the Tanai does not stand. But he's not holding of the reasoning of Rav Shimon What's the reasoning? holds what was the din in the Mishnah? Said Rav Shimon in the Mishnah that if she dies, the husband inherits her. Why? Because the tonight that he made is bottle. But Rav says he would not inherit her. Why? Because of a din And therefore, on the din that he inherits his wife, that will stand. Even though normally on a din he agrees with Shem Gamli other tonight bottle. But on Dindar Abadan, it would work. But asks the Gemara, it always doesn't work. Why? Because in this case, he's arguing with Shem Gamli. Again, we're looking for a case that Rav is going to agree with Shem Gamli, but not for his reasoning. And all we just found was a case in which he held to Shem Gamli's reasoning, Amas Namashikosavataira. Tonight, bottle, but like Yochasa, he argued on the halacha. Ella, attempt number three says the Gemara, halacha shash bag damare mesi rasheno. He paskins like Rishim Gamliel that if the wife dies, he inherits her. Velami tamei dila rash bag zavard b'deraisa tonight, bottle. Because Rishim Gamliel holds the reason why you inherit your wife in such a scenario is why says Rishim Gamliel because the tonight is bottle. Habidrabanan tonight kayom. But let's say it would have been a din. The Rabbanan and Rishim Gamliel would have held it is a good tonight. But the Rav Savar afilu b'derabanan tonight bottle. 
Rav holds that even on a Dindar the Tanai is going to be bottle, says the Gemara. Again, says the Gemara, this doesn't work either. Because according to this, he's agreeing with the Shimon Leel's din, and he's agreeing with his time for Rav Moisifu. And he's just adding on to that which Shimon Leel said. He's adding on a new dimension. So that also can't be the statement. Ella, the fourth and final attempt to understand the statement of Rav that we began today. Ella, he agrees that if the wife dies, he inherits her. Ah, here it is. Rashbag holds the fact that a husband inherits his wife, that is a dindaraisa. And because that's a dindaraisa, and that's the reason why that when she dies, holds that the husband inherits her. However, Rav, Ravels that the din that a husband hurts his wife is only din the Rabbanon. But, so comes out the same outcome that in Esau, the wife dies, Yerashena. But for a different reason. Of course, if Shin Gamliel, it's a din da due to the fact, bottle. And according to Rav, it's for a different reason, it's a din the Rabbanon. Says the Gemara, beautiful, you explain the statement of Rav. But one second, 20 lines down, the first word of line is Keshel Does Rav really hold that in? It fits what you just said. But wait, does it work? Does Rav really hold the fact that a husband inherits his wife is only a dinder Rabbanon? But tonight, we learned in a Mishnah. It says, Rabbi Yechlemen Braika. If one inherits his wife, at what happens at Yoivel, the Allah is all lands in Eretz Israel that were either sold or given away as a gift during the previous 49 years, go back to original owners' ancestral fields, fields that are owned by a family, always go back to their original owners. So it says, Rabbi Yechlemen Braika. So an inherits his wife at the end of a Yoivo has to return it back to her family. And he deducts the price for them. And we wonder, this is Gemara in Bechayrois, and we wonder what exactly is going on in this thing. Micah Safar. What exactly does Rabbi Yechlem ben hold? If he held the fact that a husband inherits his wife, why does he have to return it at Yoivo? It's only Dinder Abanan, and that's the reason why it goes back. Then you have to return the land, and the husband shouldn't get any compensation at all. And here's what we're looking for. This is the sheet of Rav that we're trying to figure out what does Rav hold. With regard to the Rush of his husband, says Rav, of his wife, excuse me. Says Rav, really, the din that a husband inherits his wife. Is a tender Isa. Okay, guys, our Shasai Ishtai Beis And the case over here says, Rav, which first of all, let's just pause and, and, and uh, internalize the question. The Rav just said that Rabbi Yochanan Brick holds Yushabalza Daraisa. And that's the question, because we just said a moment ago the Rav holds Yushabalza Rabban. But let's just finish up this Raisa that the case is, says Rav, Shari Shatai Ishtai Beis That one's wife. 
bequeathed to him when his wife gave over as Yerusha, a basic varos, a graveyard. Mishom begam mishvacha. And the reason why you have to return at the end of Yaivu is because of begam mishvacha. It's a disgrace to the family if they lose their graveyard. So Amar Rabbanon, but said the Rabbanon, Lishkol to Mevel Yadar. Said the Rabbanon, you have to return it, even though you sabal daraisa, and therefore the fact that the husband inherits his piece of land on the daraisa level, he should not have to return it. But says the Gemara, because of Begam Mishvach, it's not nice that this woman's family is losing their burial plots. You return it, and you get back the value. What do you deduct to make kever ishtai? The amount that your wife would have to be buried in, because you have to, you have the obligation to bury your wife. If you sell the burial plot, the family still had to use it. So ask the Gemara. We see clearly the Rav is seemingly holding like Rechel and Breika. The Yerusha Zabal is a Daraisa. So why are you explaining to me also the Rabbanon and answers the Gemara, the obvious Tarets? Rav Says the Gemara, who told you Rav held that? Rav was just explaining Rav Yeshlev and Breika. Beautiful. But Rav himself, Kedol Yerush Sabal, is in fact, he didn't, the Rabbanon. Continues the Mishnah on the bottom of Peidal and Says the Mishnah, Misha Meiz Vinyach, someone dies and he leaves over property. And unfortunately, as is all too common, the estate of the deceased becomes a point of dispute. So who are the players in this fight? V'niach Isha, his wife, Ubal Chayv, someone he owes money to, V'yarshim, and those who inherited him. So there's three people who are vying for the properties of this dead man. And this person has either a milva or a pikadon that someone else has against him. So who is the one that comes and collects the estate first? So Rav Tarifin Amar Yinasul Kaisel Bem says Rav Tarifin, the weakest one gets it, which the Gemara will explain. Rav Kiva, what's this weakest? What we're feeling bad all of a sudden? Yes, we have to have Rachmanus. This is in Taira. No such thing as Rachmanus. Ella Yinasnu says Rav Kiva, you know we give it to the Yarshin. Everyone else has to swear. Inheritors don't have to swear. So says Rav Kiva, they inherit. Continues the Mishnah, second similar case. If a person dies leaving over fruit that is detached from the ground, whoever grabs them first gets them. But let's say the woman takes too much. More than his dad. How would he do to excess? Again, the same achlikes. So two cases of the Bain and the Mishnah. What do we do with the property? What do we do with the deceased estate? Who collects it first? Machlaik is Rav Tarfin and Rav Akiva. Rav Tarfin continuously saying the weakest link gets it. Whereas Rav Akiva saying, no, the Arshim get it. Ask the Gemara before we get involved with Machlaik is Rav Tarfin and Rav Akiva. First, almost a parenthetical question. The first case of Mishnah said two different dinim. It said, Says the Gemara, why do we have to list both cases? Explains the Gemara in classical Gemara sense, two lines of the wide lines. I would think that when it comes to a milva, when you lend someone money, money is meant to be spent. So that's when Rav Tarfin says that it doesn't necessarily go to 
the correct inheritor, but rather you know, slowly kaisel them. That's when Rav Tarifin feels bad and gives it to the weakest link. But if someone gives a pikadon, if someone gives a security, a collateral to someone, and that item is still intact, maybe I'll admit to Rav Kiva that of course it should go to the Arshim first. And if I would have said the case of then I would have thought similarly about Kamar Avikiva. Only that's where Avikiva says the din that the heritors get it first. But in the case of the Milva, maybe you'll admit to Tarfin that since a Milva, since when you lend so money, he's supposed to spend it, the money is not intact, so maybe we should feel bad and give it to the weakest link, Sricha. So we have to list both cases. But now says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom, the obvious question which probably made the previous Gemara a little bit difficult to understand. But Maile Kaishel, what is his weakest person? What exactly did Rav Tarfin meant mean when he said he gave it to the weakest one? Explains the Gemara of Yezir Rav Chanina, Aymer Lekoishel Shebe The one that has the weakest Raya. Why does the one that have the weakest Raya get it? So let's look at Rashi for a moment. Lemisha Shtari Mo'uchar. Rashi says the one that has the latest Shtar, meaning, we all know that when you, someone has a shtar to collect money, if the person doesn't have money, he goes and collects from land. But you can only collect from land that was sold after your shtar was rained. But land that was sold prior, of course, has nothing to do with your shtar. So says the Gemara, Lekoshul Shabaraya is one that has the latest shtar. The one with the latest shtar has the least ability to go and collect from any of the land. So that person we feel bad for, says Rav Tarifin, and he gets the estate first. Rav Yechelen Amar, no, Liksubas Isha, you know what it means, the weakest one? It means Liksubas Isha, Rashi explains the reasoning that we've seen before, because it's not the normal way of a woman to go back, to go and find properties, which fields are encumbered, which fields she can collect for. Therefore, Rav Tarifin, all she gets first. Misham China, because we feel bad for her. Misham China says Rashi, what does that mean? It means that we want men to find favor in the eyes of women and get married to them. So they shouldn't feel bad that they're going to lose the Ksuba. So says the Gemara, this debate in our Mishnah between Rav Tarifin and Rav Kiva, excuse me, this debate between Rav Yisra, Rav Chanina, and Rav Yechanan, that exactly what is the weakest link is it has to do with the first and has the latest dated star? Or is it the woman because of a favor? Is indeed a previous machlikis tanayim between Rabbi Yamin and Rabbi Lazar. We continue three lines from the bottom of Pedalam and Aleph. Hiniach, Peira is that solution. So we continue to the Mishnah and we said a case if they left over detached fruits and we said whoever grabs the first gets it. And then we spoke about the excess. Meaning if a woman grabbed too much, if a creditor grabbed too much, etc. Ask the Gemara for Rabbi Kiva Meiriyamoyser. Kulinam the Arshinavi. According to Rabbi Kiva, that he said, that in Merachmin Batim, and we don't give it to the weakest link, rather, the inheritors always win. Ask the Gemara, my area Moiser, why is the Mishnah only discussing the excess? According to Rabbi Kiva, everything should go to the Arshin. Answers the Gemara, you're right. In Achanami, it's indeed the din. I did, I'm a Raptor in Moiser, telling you, Nami, Moiser. But really, Rabbi Kiva holds the din is the same for all of it. As we turn over to Pedalit Amir Beis, ask the Gemara and Rabbi Kiva one second. You just said a din that there were fruits and they grabbed. Tanakama said, whoever gets it, gets it. And now the Gemara is explaining that according to Rabbi Kiva, really everything should go to the Yarshim. Ask the Gemara on the top line of Pedalit Amir Beis, Rabbi Kiva, Tvisalam Hani Klal. Does Rabbi Kiva really hold 
that grabbing, that seizing property does nothing. Says, It's true. Tfisa does help, but it's only if you're typhus while the father is alive. If one grabs in the lifetime of the creditor, then that grabbing does, of course, do something. Because the creditor is alive and you took his properties. Now that's considered payment of the loan. But if you did it after his death, that's when Rabbi Kiva holds it is meaningless. Ask the Gemara. Okay, so now we understand Rav Kiva. According to Rav Tarfin, that says that you can even grab even after the man dies. And according to Rav Tarfin, that grabbing is going to be a sufficient way of claiming the funds. Where were the properties that you grabbed? Says the Gemara three lines down. Says Rav and Shmuel must be that the properties were in a public domain. Why? But if they were in the Simta, if they were in the sides of Rosh Hashanah then the Din does not apply. Because if it's in the sides of Rosh Hashanah as Rashi over here explains, we automatically assume that those areas is a place that you can make a Kenyan. And in those areas, the Yarshin are going to be the one that automatically inherit it. Even in a Simta, the Allah is that if someone grabs it, they get it, and it does not automatically go to the Yarshim, according to Rav Tarfin. Says the Gemara, we have a story. Don't Dayanik Rav Tarfin. There were Dayanim, that Baskin like Rav Tarfin, that what? There were people that came, they grabbed the property of someone that died, and they Baskin like Rav Tarfin, that it does not go to the narrators, and the person that grabbed it keeps it. And Rishlakish came along and said, no. He turned over the ruling, and he said that we passed like Rav Akiva, and it, the grabbing is nothing, and it goes back to the Yarshim. You're making Rav Akiva's din as if it's a din Isa. Why are you taking away the stuff for the people that grabbed? So says the Gemara, what exactly is this machlikas, rishlikas, and Rav Yechanan, whether we take away the field if someone grabbed it? The first way of explaining the machlikas is, do we hold if you made a mistake? That you, 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 you retract and you go back and you're ruling. Rav, Rishlakish obviously holds yes, and that's why he took the field away. But Rav Yochanan says no. Says Maraloi, that's not the Machlekes. The Kuliyam Adabadabar Mishnah Chayz, everyone really agrees. If you made a mistake in a Mishnah, of course you have to revert the ruling. The first man Dhamma holds, Rishlakish holds, it's true, he passed like Rav Akiva. But not in light of his Rebbe, Rav Tarifin. So if someone actually grabbed and did like Rav Tarifin, then he's going to win. Omar Sabar, no, Allah Chafilamei Rabbi. Whereas the second Mandamar is going to hold that no, I think I said the names wrong, excuse me. The first Mandamar is Rav Yechman. And he's going to hold that we only pass like Rav Akiva, but not in light of his Rebbe. And therefore that's the reason why, since Rav Tarifin was Rav Akiva's Rebbe, therefore if we did like Rav Tarifin, it's not going to go back. Umar Savar, the first Mandamar Ishlakish holds, Halacha Kfilum Rabbi, we pass like Rav Akiva, even in light of Rav Tarifin, and that's the reason why they retracted the ruling and they took it away from the one who grabbed and gave it to the Yarshim. Viba Yisayim, another way of learning, the Kuliyam Halacha Kavikiva Mechavira Vilemi Rabbi. Everyone holds, we don't pass like Rav Akiva in light of his Rebbe Rav Tarifin. It's what did Rav Tarifin have the status 
of Rabbi Kiva's Rebbe or not. And the third and final way of explaining the Machlik is, everyone agrees Rav Tarfon was not Rav Kiva's Rebbe. Do we say that or no Matin Itmar, that we lean to Baskin like Rav Kiva? And the difference is going to be if we actually Baskin, not like Rav Kiva, if we're going to take it out or not. Says the Gemara, a bunch of stories that are very similar to the Machlik is Rishlokish and Rav Yechman. The relatives of Rav Yechanan had someone who owed them money and he died. And they wanted to grab the cow, Mesimta, from a Simta, which he already explains, is the size of the Rishas Rabin. Also, the Kamei Rav Yechanan came in front of Rav Yechanan, Amr Lo, Shabbat Tafsuah. It's great that they grabbed and they get to keep it. Also, the Kamei Rav Yechanan, Amr Lo, Shabbat Tafsuah. They have to return it. Also, the Kamei Rav Yechanan, Amr Lo, Maaseh, Shekinekdi, Cholik, Alai. Said Rav Yechonon, what am I supposed to do? Rishlakish argues, and he waves. There's no way I can revert that which Rishlakish said. And another similar story, he asked me to There was a herdsman of the Yisayimim, and an axe was grabbed away from him. That the Yisayimim's father was Nifter Yotzo's money, and someone came and grabbed an axe. The Balchayv said, I grabbed it when the father was alive. And the Bakra. The herdsman said, no, you didn't grab it when he was alive. You grabbed it afterwards. Do you have witnesses that you grabbed it? He said, no, I do not have any witnesses. Since he could have said that he bought it, he has a migu, a good old-fashioned migu, is a way, a mechanics of credibility, that if someone says he could have had a better claim, which he would have been believed, if this person is only an animal and he claims I bought it, we would have believed him. So says the Gemara. Similarly, if he says, now that he grabbed it, Mechayim, while the father was alive, we have to believe him. Ask the Gemara one second. There's a rule that you only have a chazaka, that that which is under your hand is yours. It's only a non-movable items. But on living items, you don't have such a chazaka. So in this scenario, the fact that he had it, he would not necessarily have been believed to say he bought it. Answers the Gemarish and the Raya. No, this case is different. Because it's an axe, since you generally give an axe over to a Raya, to the shepherd, to the herdsman, therefore it does have a chazaka if it's in the hands of someone else. And one more story. Members of the Nasi's house grabbed a meat, grabbed a shivcha, an amsa, a maid servant. From a simta. Yosef Ravu of Ravchlina Bar Babi, visiting Navchav Yosef Ravu Abba Gabayu. Amrlo Shabra Tafsua. He said it's good that he grabbed it. Amarle Ravabo Mishon Devinisia Ninu Machan Fiulu. Just because he's from the Nazi's house, you flatter him. But don't they make Rav Tarfin? But what are you doing? We pass like Rav Tarfin. Vahadrish Lakish of the Minerish Lakish was Chaiser. We Lakish backed it out. And therefore, so too in this case, we can go like Rish Lakish. And you have to return this maidservant. We'll stop over here. We'll pick it up from Yemar Bar Another story, a similar story in tomorrow's daf, the Siyat of the